Hello, I'm Carrie Gard, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Hi, I'm Carrie Gard, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. We are live on both YouTube and LinkedIn. So if one fails, go check out the other. Also, if you're here with us, I can't see you unless you comment and let us know that you're here. Uh, it's so helpful to know who's joining us uh, so we can look out for your questions, which, oh, I hope you've brought your questions, y'all, because what a conversation we are about to unpack today. And what I love about this conversation is it's not a typical marketing conversation. It's a team building and culture and company one that I all feel like we're in desperate need of as we walk into the glorious Q4. <laughs> I don't know if Q4 is a challenge for most, but it is certainly a challenge for us. And so being ahead of the game, being prepared and being ready to rock and roll is really helpful. And this conversation is certainly going to help us do that. Today, I have with me Sophie Headstead. Sophie, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Sophie has a very interesting story, a similar story to mine. Marketer turned CEO. It's a, it's a transition. It's a new world. Yes. So uh, I was starting off my career in sales and then I went over to marketing and now I went over to CEO, but the company I, I work for, Knox, is quite small. So we're a startup. We're five employees currently. So uh, yeah, small startup, but uh, quite yes. excited, exciting. Oh, I love that. Oh, you're like in the thick of it. Yes. And uh, Knox is a platform for goal-setting success. With their platform, you can set goals, visualize goals, communicate, follow up, and take action on all of your goals. We're going to define what all of this means in a second. Don't panic in terms of what goals. Goals means lots of things to lots of different people. What is that? We're going to unpack it. Don't panic. But what a curious story. Sophie, of how you've gone from marketer to CEO. So can you just tell us that journey? Bring us along. You know, how did you go? How did you get into marketing? Because whether marketing found us or we found marketing is always a curious journey. And then how did you make that leap to CEO? What's that story? So uh, just to go back maybe like 13 years ago, um, I um, graduated from university and I started a sales job within SaaS, so software as a service. Mm -hmm. And I was doing sales for quite many years, um, but I was uh, very curious doing marketing for many, many years as well. So um, I talked about the marketing career with my manager quite early uh, when I was doing sales and um, there was an opportunity and I got the opportunity to take on doing marketing. Uh, so um, it was a little bit by coincidence, uh, like a lot of things happens in life. And um, yeah, so uh, I ended up doing marketing and um, that I, uh, of course, have um, also wanted to do for many, many years. And uh, the step to CEO, I think it comes from uh, 
like a very curiosity building product and building teams and building SaaS services. So uh, I got this uh, ID for a tool and I have two uh, lovely co-founders, Matilda and Robert. Uh, so um, yeah, it was not a planned step. It was more coming from an ID that the three of us uh, wanted to uh, uh, come to reality. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the steps. <laughs> oh my gosh. Before we unpack all of the things, can you remind us, Sophie, where, so thank you, Frida, Airbnb. I love this global element. I love being in the UK. I feel so much more connected to the world between, I'm actually having a conversation with somebody who's in Australia in a few weeks. Like I just, so tell us where you are, Sophie, and how you feel like bringing your product online for your specific community has really um, come to fruition. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm located in, in Stockholm, but I will work with a global product, of course. And um, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, super exciting, not only working, you know, within Sweden, Stockholm, in the Nordics, um, I'm quite curious to work with uh, other uh, countries and regions as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm uh, excited to see uh, what regions we will launch in. I think uh, we are looking into the Nordics in the beginning, but I think US is a market that we want to approach as soon as we can. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, that's uh, exciting. And you're not alone. It's so beautiful, the companies that are coming out of the Nordics. So we have GetAccept, who I interviewed. I interviewed Frida Airbnb. Oh my gosh, it must have been two years ago. She keeps the, the gift that keeps on giving that is, that is Frida. And then last week, I just interviewed someone who's also in Sweden who uh, has a product called um, datadream.io. And so the the work that is coming out of Sweden is magical right now. And I love that you're trying to go global because I think that's really, I, I think we're a global society now, whether, we, whether we're uh, feeling that or not just yet. Um, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens, but it's, yeah, I just love being in the UK and being connected to all these countries and meeting people like yourself. So thank you for joining me, Sophie, and for bringing your product and vision to the market uh, on a global scale. I think what you're doing is really important and impactful. Before we get there, tell us a challenge you're facing. What's on your mind? What's keeping you up at night? What's hard? I mean, um, yeah, we're starting up a new business, so it's a lot of things uh, that uh, is difficult, of course. Um, I think um, what's constantly on our minds is like developing our product, validating it with uh, potential customers, and thinking about growth. I mean, how we can launch this product successfully in the Nordics, but also globally. So that is something that is definitely um, on my mind and the team's mind. So yeah. It's a lot of things, but I guess the growth is uh, something that we will all want to see. Always. Growth is always. Yeah, we want to build a qualitative product as well, but I think we're quite confident that we're onto something with the tool. Uh, it's um, what we can see and test so far is that it uh, has a 
like amazing user experience that I have not experienced before. So I'm quite confident and proud of the product, but then it's always executing, you know, sales and marketing to get the growth that we would want. It's very unusual to run into a founder who's also has a marketing background. Um, how do you feel like that's really lended itself to bringing this product on onto the scene? I mean, it's um, something that is really important because marketing, I mean, it's also digital sales channels, lead generation and so on. So uh, it's very important for the company's growth, of course, to understand how we can use uh, the website and other channels to get the inbound leads and to uh, raise awareness and to build a brand. So it's many aspects, of course, that is uh, uh, beneficial in launching a new uh, uh, product and tool. And I think I also have a background in sales, so I will do a lot of marketing and sales, which is uh, quite nice because then I will take care of the full customer journey in a way, also customer success and, you know, the full customer That's journey. Great. And uh, Robert is making sure we have a great tool, he's building that, and Matilda is um, uh, doing a lot of product and marketing. So we're actually... Uh, completing each other in, in a really nice way because we have so different skill sets uh, and work well together. So, um, yeah, um, we're looking forward to launch this tool. You have like a full uh, leadership team before you even are like, like, oh my gosh, it's every new business's dream right there of the trio of you. Wow, where were you all? Were you together? Like, where did I don't normally do this story? And I'm starting another podcast yeah. called Tea Time with Tech Founders, where I hope to unpack this more with folks. But we're here and we're having the conversation. So let's just have it. Like, where were you? Were you all together? Did somebody spark the idea? How did this, wh where did this all, where did this product generate from? And then how? Did it take, how did you all come together to make it happen? Tell me this founder story. Yeah, the founder story. No, but um, in my previous company, I was running the OKRs um, process, let's say, so objectives and key results, which is the goal setting. It is one goal setting framework that a lot of tech companies uses these days. And it's growing more and more popular as well. And as I was responsible for this process, I was doing a lot of research on both the methodology, but also tools you can use to get the whole organization really engaged and excited about goals. And I did uh, extensive research on this, and I didn't find any tools out there that was really uh, having an amazing user experience and also... I felt like a lot of tools out there was built for management teams um, and not for employees. Yeah, so employees was not really excited to log into this kind of tools and uh, execute towards goals. So um, yeah, it was uh, um, it was a problem area. And then I found my co-founders on LinkedIn actually. So. Um, uh, we didn't uh, work together before, uh, so. Um, um, yeah, uh, I had this idea, we came together, we discussed it for many months and uh, weeks and so on. 
and uh, decided that uh, this was something we would want to try out together because we believed in it. And um, we took some references on each other as well, and it turned out uh, really well. Amazing. I. I'm collaborating with a few folks on LinkedIn right now around some ideas, nothing that's actually coming to fruition just yet, but it isn't a magical place to find like finding people to say, hey, I'm seeing this thing. Tell me whether you're seeing this thing or not and if I'm a crazy person, because it's nice to have that level set of folks you can build and cultivate relationships with. So yes to that. Love it. Yes. Um, let's talk about O. KRs. I always want to call them OPRs. I don't know why. I think that's a different thing. We're going to get into it. Goal setting. I mean, it was so important to you to figure out how to do goal setting that you actually built a product for it as a marketer. So talk to me about, first of all, what, what does goal setting mean to you? Because I think when a lot of us hear goal setting as marketers, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The company needs to hit X amount of targets from a revenue standpoint and we're on the hook from a marketing and sales standpoint. So yes, I know what a OKRs are, Sophia. Sophie, you don't need to, but we're talking about something different here. We're not talking about company targets. We're talking about goals as it relates to it's different. So I'm not going to pretend I, I know. I'm going to let you tell us, Sophie, what what is goal setting in the sense when you're talking about OKRs? So I think most people know about KPIs because that is something, of course, uh, companies are measuring continuously. And often it's about sales numbers, how the company is growing year over year, month over month or, or whatever they are tracking. So that is KPIs. And it's more like a single data point that you will track them. So OKR is a framework and it's more like a leadership style as well uh, that you want to uh, um, get people excited about. I would say KPIs is also a bit like micromanaging in a way because OKRs is also kind of including people, engaging people to uh, um, help out setting the goals as well. So it's a framework to get people excited and to get people included. Um, and you can decide if you want to set OKRs on a yearly uh, cadence or a quarterly cadence. So I, I would say like maybe a huge company, it would be, be better maybe to set like a yearly cadence, but for a startup, a quarterly cadence might be better. So it depends what kind of company you are and um, yeah, what would work better for you. And OKR stands for objective and key results. So objective is basically a focus area. It should be quite exciting and inspiring for employees. So it should not be like growing our company 30% or whatever it could be. It should be maybe something you would get excited about like create an awesome customer experience or um, new new logos equals go to pizza. I don't know what your employees will get, get excited about, but you want to visualize something with this objective, like um, why, uh, uh, yeah, people would probably get more excited um, about creating an awesome customer experience rather than upselling customer, let's say. So objective is about creating excitement and the focus area that the company will have. And um, 
yeah, on the key results is how you will measure it. So that is more uh, similar to KPI then. So how will you measure if you have an awesome customer experience? You can do that by um, tracking net retention rate, um, how you're growing your companies over time, net promoter score, um, different customer satisfaction tools um, that you want to uh, use, measuring if your customer are having a, an amazing experience with you. Um, so yeah, that is objective is a focus area and key result is how you will measure if you achieved your focus area. So that is kind of the basic. And then um, you want smart goals, goals as well. So you want them to be like specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound. And that is something you will also support using that. All right. Before you spill the tea all over the place here, Sophie, and how we do this thing, let's sit in the moment of of the importance. So it's really helpful to know what OKRs mean and ubiquity isn't something we always, it's not a word we hang out with all the time. So I think it's really important to understand the difference of that. And really sitting in the thing that excites you. I want to add an and to that, but we're going to come back to it. Mm -hmm. um, why is it important for people within an organization to want to do this? This sounds like playing devil's advocate here, Sophie. Sounds like more work. Why are you making more work for me? Um, so I think, I mean, if you are like one to 10 employees or like a really small company, then you can talk to each other a lot. And you can have um, good relationships with a fewer amount of people and you can discuss what you want to achieve and so on. And communication is quite easy in chat channels and so on. But as your company grows and um, you get over 50 employees, let's say, this communication is not that easy. Um, so for you to communicate your growth goals or the goals for the company, it's important to have like a framework and a goal setting process uh, where top management, middle management, senior managers and employees are aligned. Like what are we working towards together? Everyone show up at work, uh, work really hard every day. And uh, if everyone is running on different things all of the time, you will not achieve your vision in the end and you will not achieve the yearly goals in the end. So uh, it might require some more work in the beginning to streamline and to align and to uh, have that communication. Um, but if you do not have it, you will not grow as an individual, grow your company. Um, so it's uh, it's quite um, it's uh, it's important to create clarity for employees and create um, alignment and also enable execution. Um, to create a good culture as well, I would say, because if you would not do it, you will um, probably uh, be frustrated because you do not, uh, um, people, um, managers are not communicated what, what is expected from you and your team and uh, the company. So um, I think it's really important for growing your business and for also more soft, um, uh, soft um, 
uh, things um, that people will not be engaged if they do not know where you're heading. Ownership comes to mind. It's all well and good for us to put company targets ahead and say, we need to grow by X percent by the end of the year. But as an individual, unless I'm sales with like clear commissions and whatever, all that stuff. But like as an individual outside of sales, like I don't know how to contribute to that. And so in boiling down in a very oversimplistic way, it feels like that's you're giving power back to the employee to take ownership of how they sit within the organization to to then contribute to the company targets in the long run or short term in terms of quarter versus long term versus annual. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of um, it's not like um, um, you have one um, meeting with your employees and you uh, communicate the goals. I think it would be some back and forth communication. So maybe you in the management team um, uh, communicates the broader vision and what you want to achieve and uh, the growth goals for the next years. And then maybe you hand over to the team leads like um, based on the information you got here today, like what will your team contri contribute with? And then you would go back having workshops with your team and align on how you think you can support this um, um, this goal from the company and uh, I mean even a finance department could support the customer journey they can create like an awesome invoicing experience let's say um, they could think about that and for marketing that is not maybe picking up the phone and doing sales uh, they want to of course uh, contribute with leads to to sales and they also want to raise brand awareness and they want to grow website traffic and that um, also requires key results and um, uh, of course like a um, growth mindset to do that a growth mindset let's sit there for a second because i don't know that everybody understands what it means as an as an individual contributor what it means to have a growth mindset so can you shed some light on that for us what does that mean to have a growth mindset yeah, I think there is um, like a saying that you can have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. <laughs> and a fixed mindset is that you kind of um, uh, maybe are not that open to uh, possibilities. And a growth mindset is that you're always curious to iterate and to try new things. Um, yeah, and I think if you have a growth mindset, you're also in a, in a in a good place, I would say, in a company where you thrive, where you can have a growth mindset, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, I think objectives and clear results and clear goals and clear vision and um, aligning between teams and uh, employees um, will foster a growth mindset. I don't know if that was the answer to your question, Kira, but yeah. No, I think it's important because we talk, we throw this word around a lot. Mm as entrepreneurs who naturally have a growth mindset. We wouldn't have started a company if we didn't, right? We're curious about how can we make the world a better place by doing what it is that we do, by bringing the services, the product, the world that we want to bring. And we do that by asking a lot of questions. What if, what if, what if, what if, right? But as employees who want to show up and do a good job 
contribute to the organization and then go home to their families who don't have an entrepreneurial mindset, it feels awkward to be like, what, what do I need to be curious about? Why do I need to care? And like, what does this mean? And so I think bringing it back to the employee and everything that you're saying is it's about individual, it's about individual growth within your career and then how to contribute to the organization because in order for the organization to thrive, it needs you and it can't thrive without you. And it can't be here tomorrow to ensure you have a job unless you can continue to show up and do the right work you do, which you can't do with a fixed mindset of I'm doing the best I can in the most moment today, take it or leave it. Like that's just not going to fly, especially in a startup. Like you have to, show up with curiosity and wonder and question of well you understand we've been doing it this way but is that really the best way we should be doing it or is there a better way and a more streamlined way um how are we going to give the best customer experience is this really the best way we can give a, the best customer experience or is there a better way and just sitting in that wonder rather than being like this is how i was told to do this thing so this is just how i'm going to do this thing there's just two very different ways of approaching it. And one way is going to allow you to grow within your career and within the organization. And another way you're going to, at some point be told, thank you for doing the best you can in the way that you did it. But now is the time for you to go elsewhere. Like you're going to top out at some point. And I think OKRs open up a way for people to find that curiosity that maybe they didn't have before. You, just because you have a fixed mindset today doesn't mean you have to have a fixed mindset tomorrow. No, of course not. No. Yeah, I mean, if you look at your whole life, uh, it could be periods of time where you have a fixed mindset and it could be other areas and other times um, that you had a growth mindset. So it's not fixed for life, I would say it's, uh, but a person probably experienced both, I guess. Go through stages. Yeah. Go through stages. Yeah. So talk to me, Sophie, about what are the hardest part of any goal setting is starting? Yeah, it's, Finding that good balance, yeah, I mean, some um, companies and some cultures, um, company cultures might want uh, a lot of uh, direct communication where it's uh, communicated directly what is expected uh, from the organizations and some organizations might um, uh, want to be included a lot into the goal setting and so on. So it's... uh, Really finding that balance, um, you know, um, communicating clear goals, but also including people in the right way. And then I think, you know, these uh, iterations where you go back and forth and um, discuss what goals and or what objectives and key results should a certain department have. I think, yeah, in the um, in the end, you you need to discuss or just set the set the goals and move on and uh, start start working towards that goal because does uh, it start from does it start from the top down or from the bottom like where does the goal setting do does the company set the targets for the year of like okay 
this is the amount we need to grow and these are the targets we need to hit. So how within the organization are we going to make that happen? Or is it more of the organization coming and saying, okay, we think based off of where we want to go for the year, these the, and these goals that we've set that we can then go do this. Like what's sort of the, who starts the process? Mm. So I guess um, the ultimate process would be the CEO together with the management team have an idea of the goals and they would go to the boards and anchor these goals with them. And if they um, give thumbs up, they will go to the employees and uh, say like, these are the, the goals based on these assumptions and this uh, analysis that we have done. Um, so I think that would be the ultimate process, but I think uh, goal setting is uh, very complex as well. I mean, it's a lot of stakeholders and a lot of uh, wills uh, within the management team, senior leadership, middle leadership um, boards. So in the end, it's, uh, I mean, it's uh, probably not that streamlined as I told you. It's and that could be a part of why it's getting complex as well, that it's a lot of people saying different goals and documented, documenting different goals in different um, digital locations. And it's uh, hard to follow, like, who's deciding and what goals did we agree on in the end? Um, yeah, but I, I guess, like, simplify it and have a streamlined process for it. And... And um, in this process, it could be good, I mean, uh, to have a steady, steady leadership team that has been working um, in this cadence for many years, because I would say goal setting cadence uh, or OKR cadence is uh, if you start today, you might be happy about the process 12 months later, because then you went through, you know, all the months in a year. And then the second year you want to iterate that. And the third year you might feel a bit com more comfortable with the process. So I think experience and having people with experience how to do strategy and goal setting could be beneficial as well. From personal experience of having set goals for the last few years, the one thing that I have learned, take it or leave it. And Sophie, I'd love your opinion on this. As the leadership team, I don't think it is our responsibility to set goals for the rest of the team. Targets, yes. These are the things we need to accomplish this year as an organization. How you all figure out how we get there is should be up to the boots on the ground. I just found that so many times my business partner and I would set goals for the rest of the organization and none of them would happen. And we'd be like, why aren't these goals getting done? And why aren't you guys doing these things? It's, like, it's not a priority because it's not going to be the thing that moves us in the direction that we need to go. So none of us care. <laughs> no, but I so, think, yeah, the ultimate goal setting process is definitely not set by the management team for all teams and departments. It should be the broader goals for the company. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be maybe be the growth goal. And may, I mean, the fewer goals you set on the top, the better it is for them, please, to understand them and to um, yeah make sense of them. So I think uh, when when management team has communicated uh, the broader goals, then the teams, of course, should set their objectives and their key results. If we talk about the OKR framework. Um, yeah. It is, we'll get there. It, yeah, we'll get there in a second. One last question before we get there. Yeah, should the framework that we're about to walk through 
everybody should go through that framework, right? On a, on a team level, like the way I set goals as leadership should be, we should all be following the same process or is it different depending on where you are within the organization? Um, I think the process could be similar. So um, if you have a workshop where you brainstorm uh, the goals, probably you would know the goals because they are quite recurring for a lot of departments. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I would say like uh, uh, communication from, from management, what are the broader goals? And then the teams would workshop, what can we do to support this company-wide goals? And then would uh, then on individual level, you would have conversations with your manager, um, what's, how you can contribute to the team goals. Uh, so I guess it will drill down and um, I'm not suggesting like a strict top-down approach here. I'm suggesting it would be a bit uh, communication up and down. And I think um, if you uh, have a certain position, you would know a lot better what uh, would be impactful in your role than someone else, of course. So I think uh, decentralizing as much as possible would be the preference. I love that. I think that's really important. I love that you're saying it shouldn't be top down but it should be fluid yeah it a flow it yeah should, should always be open okay let's talk about smart goals yeah. let's spill the tea here on the framework here sophie and talk me through the framework so it starts with s and, yeah so that's specific and then we have m which is measurable and then we have attainable and then we have relevant and time bound. So I think, I mean, OKRs should, I mean, when you have your objectives and key results, um, I think they can follow the SMART goals as well, that they are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. All right, let's talk about each of these. Mm -hmm. um, I take notes, y'all, because it helps me focus, so bear with specific what does specific mean i mean um i mean, mean yeah specific it um let's talk about the non-specific and then <laughs> like okay. um, um yeah non-specific would be let's do the best we can to get um, customers <laughs> or something like that yeah i i don't know if that was a good one but uh yeah but specific would be like um um get more customers could be specific goal or i'm going to be really obnoxious and <laughs> really poke the bear on that one what does get more customers mean yeah sorry that is more like an objective i would say so specific uh yeah i i'm not i don't have a good answer it should be specific it should be clear and concise and easy to grasp okay yeah, I think it's important. So one of the things that we do, and I just walked my team through this, and if you follow me on LinkedIn, you would have seen a screenshot of a brief synopsis of me doing this. We follow the traction framework, which uses mm -hmm. SMART goals, which is really mm -hmm. helpful. But in the traction framework, we follow a process in terms of how we define our meetings. So it's called IDS, Issue, Discuss, and Solve. So every week or two weeks, depending on how often you meet, you talk about the issues within your team. What things are we struggling with today? 
And can we solve it in this moment? If we can't solve it in this moment, then we need to move it to the issues board. And every week we come back to the issues board. All right, we still have these issues. Have we solved them? Have we figured out how to do about them? What are the, the tasks coming out of this? And if we can't figure it out, it needs to become a goal because we need to, clearly this is an issue and it's a roadblock in our way. So it's a very specific thing. Um, let me see if I can come up with an example. So an example would be, we have a tool. We have this, this tool that we've been using for a long time, but it's causing us tremendous energy and effort and it breaks constantly. Is this really the tool we should be using? If it keeps coming up and we keep bringing it up, is this really what we should be using? No, okay, let's move that to a rock, to a goal, a specific goal where we're going to figure out what we should be using and how it's going to help us be more productive in getting our jobs done and to not have this thing be breaking all the time, right? So that's like one example of how we figure out what a good goal should be is an issue that keeps coming up over and over again. And it's, and it's to Sophie's point, a very specific thing that's in our way. Have you heard of this? Have you used a similar framework in terms of like figuring out what clear problems keep coming up within an organization, Sophie? I really like that uh, issue discussion, uh, discussion and what did you say with glass was? Solve. Solve. Yeah. yeah. So to solve it. No, but I, I like that. And I think, yeah, I mean, different goals have um, different importance, I guess. So if there is a quick solution, um, then you would solve it. And yeah. if it would be like, as you give an example of buying a new tool or replacing a tool that doesn't work for you, um, then it maybe requires some week or so. But then, yeah, I think yeah, there are different time frame setting goals. So you have a vision, you have maybe two to three year plan, you have a one year plan, you have a quarterly plan, and you have a monthly plan. And this would be on the monthly maybe. Um, so I think, yeah. Yeah, it's it, that's a bit complex with goal setting, like the different uh, time frames. Um, but it's really important that you do these daily things, of course, to set goals and to work more efficiently. I like I think, that. Talk to me more about the time frame of things. So, when do you? So, do you set? Does does the goal setting depend on what the goal is that you then define how long it should be a goal for, or is it? You set the time frame and then you define the goal. So I think a company would typically have a vision, with, which could be like 10 year horizon. And then um, like the two to three year plan, you, that's your strategy in a way, like how we will, what, what are our goals in two to three years? Because you want to have, a, it's kind of attached to the vision, right? And then yeah. you would probably have a yearly uh, goal because so you have owners that uh, that might expect growth and certain uh, sales numbers from your company. And then you would have quarterly goals. So I think when it comes to uh, teams, uh, you should maybe have like a yearly goal and a quarterly goal. You might not talk to your team about what's our two to three year goals because that should maybe not be discussed in a team level. But I think on an individual level and a um, team level, you want to 
um, understand where how you will move the needle for a year at least and uh, for a quarter would be more initiatives like exactly what will we do to get the yearly goal and then you might work in scrums or sprints and break it down even further so i think yeah thinking of it as uh, time horizons could be a simple way to grasp it a little bit and not make it one thing you said yeah one thing you said that i think is really important that we sort of lose sight of when we're in the thick of it as leadership or and vps like vps who are then you know uh, extending themselves into leadership is the mission I feel like we get so caught up in growth mm. that we forget why did we create this thing to begin with and what's our goal in, in having this thing to keep going? Why do we exist? Mm. Yeah, the purpose. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and how that comes into your team. So when you set goals, we talked about specific, and we're going to get into the other the other four in a minute. Coming back to that, though, the mission and the vision and values, right? Vision, mission, value. Do the goals generally need to hit on those? You mentioned mission, but I mean, that's hard when you're like in the weeds of it and you're saying not necessarily. how, How do those come into play for the folks on the ground who are trying to set goals but are day to day? Yeah, I, I definitely, I think, um, you know, I have a triangle um, in my head now with a vision on top and then I have mission, then I have strategy, then I would probably have OKRs, then I would have team OKRs um, and individual OKRs, let's say. So I would have the vision on top and that's steering the whole company and you should revisit them when you are doing your OKRs, probably, I mean, um, um your goals would steer towards the vision. Um, so, but that would be the North Star, right? Like that what you're, you're heading towards. And um, I mean, when you're onboarding employees and when you set goals, you should revisit this and uh, have a look at it together and discuss it and remind yourself of your purpose and where you're going long term. I'm going to be, I'm going to harp on this because I think we tend, myself included, we tend to get stuck in growth, in goals being tied to growth. And I don't, and I love just what you're saying about mission and coming back to, but why did you build the thing in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you that companies um, often end up in aggressive growth goals i guess um owners would want the growth but also like the management would want the growth because um yeah it could be multiple um things uh you don't want to let go of employees because uh, you have certain uh cash in and certain cash out and if it doesn't add up you need to reorganize yourself to be more efficient and you don't want to do that And um, uh, being on a growth journey, if you work for a company with a lot of growth, you you will probably learn a lot of new things. You will be able to buy tools. You will be able to buy education externally. You would invest 
in people, you will invest in tools, you will invest in your office, you will invest in yeah, uh, a lot of things. But if you're a company out of cash, the opposite will happen. <laughs> so I guess it's not only to fill the owner's pockets. It's also, I mean, uh, to sustain uh, people having a job and uh, yeah. I think that's important to note, right? Like we all get caught up in the feeling of needing to grow, but we forget why we need to grow. And I think when you're setting OKRs, coming back to that why is really helpful in getting out, getting unstuck from like just the need to hit numbers. Why are we trying mm -hmm. to hit these numbers? What does it mean? I talk to my team about this all the time of mm -hmm. I'm not here to create growth numbers for the sake of creating growth numbers. It's because I want you to have better benefits. I want you to be able to ask me for things that make logical sense without me having to find money in the in the cushions of the sofa. I I want to be able to give you that flexibility that you need in life that isn't tied to constant outcomes of an organization. Like I want there to be some give and take there. So coming back to the why is leadership when you're asking your team to create OKRs, I think is really helpful. Like, well, why do I want this company to keep going? Not just because I have a job, but like, what does that job mean for me in my, uh, in my life? I spend 40 hours a week here. I want that to be like really intentional. What does that mean? And so I love that in terms of being really intentional as, a, as an individual and coming back to the individual growth, which I think lends itself nicely to the measurement side of things. Like that's the accountability, right? So if you're going to set goals as a as a, as leadership, as a team and as an individual, you have to know whether you've been successful or not at the end of the day, right? That's what the measurement means. How do you measure goals that are a bit more uh, like, I want a better customer experience. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> are you getting more, are you having clients renew on a more regular basis? Are you having better open rates? Like what does better customer experience mean from a measurement standpoint does it always come back i guess my question is now i'm saying it out loud does it always come back to numbers or are there other ways to measure success outside of like one plus one equals two mm. i think um like measuring customer success or customer experience is quite i mean there are a lot of kpis how you can do that it's more like picking who you're going to choose and stick with them um, I think what's more difficult, what I think you're trying to explain is quality and work. Um, yes. So that is really difficult to measure, right? So that is often something you feel and see, like this person seems very productive and the quality is always great. That is quality and work, but it does the con let's say it's a content person doing amazing quality in creating ebooks and reports. They are fantastic. And then you're measuring it by how many downloads they get. Um, that's another kind of skill set you need to push them, right? So um, just because you publish them on your website, it doesn't gonna like, it's not gonna be like word of mouth. Everyone, no one's gonna talk about these reports if you don't do a lot of PR, send outs, 
um, search engine optimize it, uh, uh, and so on. If if you are measuring downloads and you have a you're great in the outreach, but you have a really shitty report, then the ones that download sites will not be going to be that happy. So you need quality in work, of course, as well. And that's quite difficult to measure. I think it was something you're, you're alluding to, which I think is important, is when you're setting OKRs as an individual, understanding your impact outwardly. So you may have created a beautiful report, but if nobody downloads it and sees it, then how do you know that you've been successful? Right. So then it's it's there's this, another part of the team that's being impacted there from a CRO standpoint and who owns CRO and how, you know, your thing's going to be downloaded. And so I do think there does need to be somewhat of a top down approach of like as a team, we need to increase our conversion rate as an example. Right. Our conversion rates aren't very good. And because our conversion rates aren't very good, we're not getting as many leads as we probably could out of the lead gen that we're generating. So what can we do as a team to better this? And so, okay, so design's going to create a better design, but then what is the website team going to do to make sure that that thing gets downloaded on a more regular basis, right? So there needs to be a bit of cohesion around the organization in terms of you don't want to create what I feel like you're saying, Sophie, is you don't want to create OKRs in the silo either. Like you don't want to be top down, but you also don't want to be an island. Like there needs to be a balance and open communication all around. Um, but in some regard, it needs to start. It needs to start somewhere, whether it's at the leadership point or at the team standpoint. But there needs to be some collective goal before you do individual goal i think is what i'm asking yeah it is difficult so um like a designer like a graphical designer that is quality in work right and productivity and shipping new designs would be i mean important for that person to like deliver and have yeah but that's really difficult to measure of course so that mm -hmm. I guess um, you you would have maybe some ideas there as well, but I, I think yeah, yeah to have an exciting team spirit that uh, the graphic designer um, wants to support its colleagues in doing the, their very best. So there are um, there are definitely um, roles that is uh, difficult to measure on a hard metric. Yeah, it needs to be a leader. It needs the leadership person needs to be in line with what everybody's individual goals are of how they ladder up and how you're all going to work together. And it needs to be a collective. Let's talk about attainable. Attainable means that you can actually do it. But at the same time, you want it to be somewhat of a stretch. Like there's is there a bound? What do you what's your opinion on that when you talk about attainable? Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It needs to be the stretch goals, so it needs to be ambitious. And with OKRs, it's always like if let's say you set up five key results that you want to achieve for an objective, then if everything is green and you achieved five, then you also in a way did not 
do your OKRs, maybe stretch goals, because uh, it's also fine not to reach all goals. It could be learnings from them. Um, but let's say like two or three is hit. Um, then I think you have quite, I mean, you should have a chance uh, reaching them for sure. And I guess attainable, I just remember when I was working, when I was younger, I was working in the clothing store. And then the, 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 we got this report, like the sales target was, you know, 1 million. I, I don't know, but it was huge. And we didn't, maybe it was this um, kind of more exclusive store and it was on the top floor in a bigger uh, mall. And we actually didn't get that many customers through the door. We maybe did okay sales, but I mean, it was not attainable. So uh, we never looked at the numbers really because it was not uh, everyone knew we were not going to hit them <laughs> in a way right yeah so i think yeah yeah they need to be inspiring at least but i think they could be stretch goals and ambitious i think that's important in terms of the collective feeling like they're attainable and then having some stretch goals within that it's a balancing this whole thing is like feels like a teeter totter and you're balancing it all mm. um what does relevant mean? Yeah, that's a good question. Relevant. Um, I mean, I think it is as simple as, let's say the objective, the key result must match the objective in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Or what does it mean for you? What would you say, Carrie? So a, a good example I have is I um so one of my goals for this quarter is to create a new podcast called Tea Time with Tech Founders. Mm. And why is that relevant? It's relevant because one of our new service lines is being a fractional CMO. And so I want to have conversations with founders to understand what their problems are and how we might better support either them directly or other founders like themselves, right? So it's relevant because it's tying to the overarching goal of this new service line as, as we're offering for MKG. Um, now, if I started a podcast around, uh, you know, how to create um, awesome new footwear, <laughs> Well, unless our clients are shoemakers like mm. Nike, uh, I'm not, you know, that's probably not relevant. So making sure that your, your goals are in line with what you're actually trying to accomplish as an organization is where the relevancy comes in, right? So, and again, like my, I think this is a great example. So now my measurement goal is that I want to make sure that I have at least eight to 12 bookings in for next for next quarter right i'm going to launch this in october i need 12 i need to 12 to fill the quarter so i'm going to start now to get that backfilled right so that's my measurement of it it's specific because i'm starting a new podcast um which is very specific in terms of what the what the thing is that i'm creating um and then my timetable is that i'm trying to do this in this quarter starting for Q4. So that's a really great example of what a OKR could be as an, a, an individual contributor up into the organization. I'm gonna start a new podcast 
it's going to be for this audience in this time frame with this many bookings for the quarter. Mm. Um, one question I had for you, Sophie, in terms of, of goals and something we sort of cha are challenged with with an organization that happens a lot to us is mm. how goals roll. So mm. like if you don't hit an OKR for this quarter and it's a quarterly goal, do you <laughs> roll it into the next quarter or do you just say, okay, we didn't hit it, but that's fine. Um, that's fine. We just need to uh um it, it'll happen when it happens and it no longer needs to be a goal yeah i think um i think you can roll over from another quarter to to another i mean if it's important for your company for your team or for yourself i think you can uh, uh, let the goal slide over to the next quarter okay that's helpful because we're never sure. Do we roll them? Do we keep them? What do we do? Trevor, I see you. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. Um, Sophie, this has been incredibly helpful in terms of how we create OKRs and how we do it in a way that's smart, not necessarily from the top down, how we work together as an organization to ultimately reach not just our goals as a company, but our mission and our vision and keeping sight of that. Any last final words for our listeners in terms of those who are like, I want to go do this thing. Like, what's your final advice for those folks? Oh, good question. But I think um, it doesn't need to be perfect. Uh, so you don't need to plan it for like quarter and quarter and quarter because it's going to end up in a way you didn't think anyways. So I think you can start small Um I mean, if you want to go with the OKR framework, uh, just set the objectives and key results, um, set fewer goals than you think, like maximum one to three objectives and key results uh, per on company level, team level, and so on. So I think, yeah, keep it really simple and just start and iterate and discuss how you can improve it uh, over time. So yeah, not, do not look for perfection. Perfection is the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question for you, Sophie, because you're more than a marketer and a CEO. Um, what's your favorite hot beverage? Sorry, what was that? What's your favorite hot beverage? Is it tea? Is it coffee? Is it hot chocolate? Oh, okay. Hot beverage. Okay. Mm, I drink a lot of coffee, so I must say coffee. And where is your favorite spot to like sit and enjoy? Do you sit and enjoy it? Or is it more of like, I got to get it in so that I can then get off to my day? What's sort of like your, if you could sit and enjoy it, where, you know, what would that feel like for you? I really enjoy, you know, when I get into the office in the morning and I uh, bring a cup of coffee. Um, I mean, the first one is really nice. The second one and third one is not that nice. I just like. <laughs> drink it but um yeah the first one is just really nice doesn't matter where i am but in the office answering some email have it on the side starting your day i always tell my children to not start like engaging with like they can talk to me and have a like they can hang out with me but don't mm -hmm. ask me to do anything until i've had my cup of coffee okay so i'm going to sit and enjoy in the yeah. conservatory 
and uh and sip yeah i'm not gonna rush it no that's nice sophie it was so great thank you so much for joining me thank you so much carrie um this episode yes Yes. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our agency that accelerates the mission of B2B vendors via SEO, digital ads, and analytics. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG Marketing, music mix and mastering done by the amazing team at MKG. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.